victims that were involved in the Uvalde, Texas shooting at Robb Elementary School. Um, too often are we having these, you know, these same conversations um, involving gun violence. And literally not even a week and a half ago in Buffalo, there was another shooting, uh, another mass murder, senseless shooting um, that took place. So, um, you know, our podcast definitely is centered around sports, but also we want to acknowledge that, you know, we are human beings and we, we can't just simply ignore um, today's current events. So we want to start out by just, you know, with a, a moment of silence for all the victims um, involved in both shootings and just, you know, shootings around the world. Again, too many times we're having these same conversations and nothing's getting solved. So that's all for a moment of silence. Super tough, um, definitely tough to you know transition from that. Um, but tonight on Slate, um, we do have um, an Eastern Conference you know championship game between the Heat and the Celtics. Um, right now, that series is knotted at two games. Um, it was just reported that Tyler Hero will not suit up tonight, and that Marcus Smart will play. Um, and they'll actually tip off shortly after this episode concludes. DJ and Corey, y'all both had, you know, Miami in your finals. Um, are you still confident in your boys that they'll be able to, you know, pull off um, this upset over the Celtics? Absolutely not. I am absolutely not confident anymore. Corey can tell you this is this is coming from a petty place also because one of our coworkers, um, Pat, shout out to Pat. He's a Jimmy Butler stand. We're going to get into the, the, the egregious statements he'd be saying about Jimmy Butler. But um, Miami is honestly a wounded animal right now. Um, and Boston isn't. Like, they're hurt, but they're not wounded, in my opinion. Like, the Heat are limping right now. Where that game four, like, they got blasted. And the only reason that game even looked serviceable was because of Victor Oladipo. Um, I think Jimmy Butler's not healthy. P.J. Tucker's not healthy. Like, the only player that's really, like, healthy-ish on their team at this point is Bam. And Bam isn't, in my opinion, a good enough star yet in his career to be able to carry a team. Um, where the Celtics, like, Jalen Brown isn't healthy, but he's not hurt, in my opinion. Jason Tatum is on a whole nother level, so... Um, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, those guys that they need defensively can jump in back and forth because they have guys who don't necessarily take their role, but guys who can do the same thing at at least a decent enough clip where you have Derek White, who's a great defender in his own right. You have Al Horford, who we saw what he did against my boy Giannis. Um, great defender, great offensive player. Um, so I don't I don't have faith in the Heat right now. I, um, I would love to see them you know, in the finals, but um, I'm not confident at all. Hold on, Corey. Um, so, DJ, you, you, you bring up these injuries that, you know, the Heat have suffered. Um, but we've seen guys, you know, suit up and play through injuries. If you're playing, and a lot of NBA guys say, if you're playing, you're good enough to, you know, go out there, compete, give full, full effort. 
you know, Joel Embiid, the last series against the Heat, you know, he missed the first two games, came back battling a thumb injury, a facial injury, and he was dropping 20 and 30 left and right. No problem. Um, so I, I hear you when, when you talk about, you know, the Heat being injured, you know, Jimmy Butler's be, being their catalyst, him not being 100%. Um, and I'm a Jimmy Butler stand as well. But he said it himself, you know, the knee inflammation wasn't why he, you know, shot three for 14 from the field. It was more so on him and things of that nature. So, and That's again, I don't believe it. I don't care what, bro, this is the thing. This is the thing. Game four was also in Boston. You could not really expect the Heat to come out, jump out to an early lead and dominate that game. Granted, they probably shouldn't have gotten blown out the way they did, but there's no way in your heart or your mind you thought the Heat were going to win game four after still in game three in Boston. But, but like, I didn't think they were going to win game four based off of how game three went. Game three, even though they, of course, they won it. The way that game played out, the Heat got up early and Jimmy Butler went down. And the second that the Celtics said, oh, these boys are wounded, they not okay. Even though they lost the game, it's the, the like fashion in which they lost the game. They didn't lose it going outside. Like, they literally made it a game. They made it a single-digit game. So, for that to happen, it was like, ah, uh, game four, the writing's on the wall. And then we're going into game five where Tyler Hero's down, who is a very large part to that Miami Heat's team success because, as we're seeing, when you put legitimate defense on Max Strews and Gabe Vincent and, and really, I would say, Kyle Lowry also, those guys, Max Struess has not showed up. Everybody's like, oh, bring Duncan Robinson back in. Bring Duncan Robinson back in. Yeah, he's going to be a liability defensively. That's why Spo hasn't been playing him. So I just feel like that team, like they're wounded now. Jimmy Butler can say whatever he wants to. He can say, oh, it was on me. Yes, it's on you because your knee is messed up. And it's, it's, you don't have that burst that you need, buddy. Like mentally, of course, you, you probably are like, yeah, I got it. I got it. But we've seen with, other, with players in every sport, if physically you're not there, you can. there's only so many players that can literally will themselves to be amazing while unhealthy, especially battling a knee injury. Eh, eh, eh. I don't know. Corey, I'm going to let you um, take over because we all know how I feel about the Heat at this point. Disgusted with them. No, so I definitely agree with both of y'all. I think um, I'm wavering on my pick a little bit for sure. Um, my pick for the Heat um, in seven was I thought that Jimmy Butler could uh, be the best player in the series. Um, with him being limited, I'm not too sure. But I really think, I mean, I know it's easy to say with the series going 2-2, but I think um, the winner of this game um, tonight definitely is going to be the team who wins the series. Um, if the Miami Heat lose this game, they're done. Ain't no way they win in game six in Boston. Um, I think the only way they win this series is if they get at home. And I do think, I disagree with David a lot. I think they need to unleash Duncan Robinson. Um, he opens up a whole different form of the offense. Like Max Schroes is a really good shooter and all, but like he doesn't strike fear in the hearts like Duncan Robinson does, where that am is like unstoppable. So it kind of gets the pressure off Jimmy on having to create everything. Um, so I think that would help and maybe hiding, I don't know, Duncan or Al Horford or something, putting putting them all, Marcus Smart. I think there's a, a way you can hide 
um, dunking on defense for the Heat um, to kind of have a chance. But they need to win tonight. They need to kind of pull off pull off an upset tonight because I think nobody has them winning. So if Jimmy Butler can muster up like a superstar s type performance, like a top ten player in the league type performance, I think that's the only way to get out of it. It's funny you say the winner of this game is probably going to win the series. Um, usually the team that wins game five in a best of seven series tied at 2-2 goes on to win 82% of the time. Uh, we we can't say that for, you know, the Phoenix Suns because, again, they won game five um, in their last series against the Mavs. But guess what? They had Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they indeed. Indeed had Chris Paul. Um, the Mav, the Mavs, they staved off, you know, elimination twice in that series. They did it again last night. DJ, hey, yo, my boy, do you think the Mavericks will be able to be the first team to come back from a 3-0 deficit and win and advance to the finals? The Mavericks are losing in seven. In seven? You bumped your head. Hey, and, uh, hey. I know what you and Corey usually do. Hey. We're not on scene. We're not on site today. But I know you guys usually take shots for bad takes. That is a shot-worthy take right there. Hey, the Mavericks are losing in seven. That is another <laughs> shot-worthy. Luca, Luca going to get one and go to state just so he can say he got it. That's it. I'm telling you that I have all faith in Luca. He is invited to my cookouts forever. And I, I'm gonna stay on the Luca bandwagon. If he goes down, I just know he's going down on his sword. He's going down shooting. He's going down with at least a 40-point game. And that's all I can ask. I feel that though, but like I, I completely understand. I usually I'm usually one to go with best player in this series. Usually that team's gonna win, but like there's still an argument if Luca's better than Steph. Like, it's not definitive. Like, you can argue that Luca is better than Steph at this point, but I think at some point you could still say Steph is the scariest player in the series. And, like, you know how Golden State do? They lay eggs. Like, that's what they do. When they get super comfortable, they lay eggs and do whatever they want to do. So I'm thinking that in this game five, I think Steph has one of his more iconic playoff games. I'm calling it for 40-plus points near triple-double from Steph, over seven threes made. I'm calling that for game five. He closes the Mavs out. They win by 20. Calling it oh. now. Calling it now. Book it. That is a bold statement. And, Corey, quite frankly, I don't disagree. Um, <laughs> nah. I, one thing that I've noticed about Steph Curry in this series and really throughout the playoffs this year, and even going back to, like, you know, his battles against LeBron or even against Toronto, when the Warriors – are up maybe like three, four. I swear, everything that Steph Curry puts up, it goes in. But when they're down one, down two, Steph Curry can't seem to get on track. I don't know what it is. Have you guys observed that as well? I think he's having a, a relatively like weird. The Warriors are the king of the front runners. They just happen to front run a lot. They are the king Literally. of front running. They're the most front running team of all time. They just nice. I was gonna say that <laughs> they just nice. Literally, they're <laughs> just front runners. Like Steph, Steph Curry, because they're barely ever down. Like he don't have to try to come back, but when they have to come back, it's like 
ah, well, let me not say that. When they have to come back in clutch situations, it's like yeah, that's what it ah. is. Because they can be down like, and we all, I think we all agree to this. It's just the third quarter and the Warriors are down seventeen. This is still a game. I don't care what had what you say because next thing you know, Steph has two threes, and then you got a Draymond assist to a lob, and then Clay has a three, and then now all of a sudden this is a four point game. So like that aspect is like all right, cool, but clutch situations when they need some buckets to try to come back, that's where Steph Curry usually folds. Yes. Steph don't hit like, he don't hit like the, you we down one, go up two, three. He hit the, we up four with 30 seconds left. I'm going to hit the dagger and spin around. So I definitely agree with you, Ant, there. I will also say, I listened to the Bill Simmons podcast he did with Ryan Rosillo today, and he, uh, he had a really good point. I think what makes the Warriors like the Warriors is, like, you know how, like, when you dunk on somebody, like, well, not, okay, I personally have never dunked on somebody, but when we watch somebody <laughs> dunk on somebody, it's it's worth more than two points. Like, the energy it brings the team is, like, worth more than two points. I think when Steph hits, like, two threes in a row, that's more than six. I feel like the other team in their head is like, oh, Here shit. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, that was there to say. So, I think that's why the Warriors, that's why I kind of think the Warriors are going to hit their stride, like, what the Mavis hit, like, 10 threes in the third quarter yesterday. So it's like, I don't see the Mavericks shooting like that. And then I think the Warriors are due for a clay, a pool party with the Splash Bros and Jordan Poole where they just knock on miss. And that's just deflating. So that's where I think it's going to go. That's what game seven is for. Man, this dude, DJ, is really stuck on game seven. Now that we're talking about, I mean, the Warriors and, you know, Steph's legacy to an extent. Um, If the Warriors go on to win tomorrow, or, you know, they win in seven as DJ. Hold on, you said Mavs in seven or Warriors in seven? I, I, no, no, I'm, I'm saying the Warriors are going to win. In seven. Okay. If the Warriors go on to win and advance to the uh, the finals, they all appear in their sixth final in eight years. You know, they've gone three and two in their uh, the other five appearances. Um, but what would this win or, you know, what would this appearance in another finals necessarily do for this Warriors team? Are we, you know, considering them – one of the dynasties, you know, are we comparing them to the Bulls in the 90s? Are we comparing them to the, the Showtime Lakers, the Celtics uh, in the, the 1960s and 70s? Or, you know, quite frankly, just, you know, the, the Pistons in the 80s. What will we be equating this, you know, Warriors team to? As a member of the Light Skin Coalition on this podcast, I will go ahead and start from my Light Skin <laughs> and Jordan Poole. So, if the if this is a big if because they have not won the series yet, if the Warriors win this series and they go ahead, I'll even say they have to win this finals for it to mean anything. I think Steph Curry is now in the best point guard ever conversation with Magic Johnson. I think he's solidified in that conversation. And I do think me and DVJ had this conversation um and worked the other day. I think they are solidified top. I don't want to count the 60s and 70s Bulls. I like, I, I just don't know enough. So I'm just going to discount. It's hard to discount Bill Russell, but like, come on, bro. Like, no. So I say, other than the 90s Bulls, I think the Warriors are the second best dynasty in NBA history. Second, and I didn't even include DJ's Lakers, you know, 
the the Shaqs and the Kobe's. I'm sorry. Dude. That's not a. I didn't count that as a dynasty. That's a run. Hold up. It was a run. It's not a dynasty. No, 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 it was no, no, a run. No, no. I think a, a dynasty has to be five or more years to me. That's fair. To That's me. fair. To That's me. fair. That's fair. Okay. 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 Or like you got to run a decade. Okay. okay. Like you have to run like ten years. Okay. All right. You ready? Can I? We're can I, we're ready, DJ. Can I go? All right. So look, bro. First off, I I actually disagree with Corey's Steph Curry point. I don't think this puts Steph Curry in the conversation as the greatest point guard of all time. I think this solidifies him as the greatest point guard of all time. Um, because Steph Curry... Over Magic? As, as, as... Magic Johnson? Over Magic Johnson. Irvin? I'm going to tell you... Steph Curry does not have a finals MVP. Just saying, but go ahead, Bro, DJ. well, okay. And Iguodala has one. Does this make Iggy, like, all of a sudden, like... In the conversation, as greatest player of all time, he has three rings with no Finals MVP. Who's bro, winning because, these? Because that Kevin was Durant, the, bro. That was the nature of the beast of his teams. Like and let's, Magic let's, had let's, Kareem. Let's, let's, but oh, no, 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 no. Eh? It's not. No, no, no. So he had Kareem, but he ain't have like Kareem. He ain't have Lou Alcindor. He didn't have that guy because <laughs> Lou Alcindor is a different animal. As as Oscar Robinson, that's a different animal. He had an old. Kareem, like, and granted, I'm not going to act like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was not that guy still, because he was. But at the end of the day, bro, finals MVPs are like, okay, that's just like they're adding conference finals MVPs. Are we really going to tack this on to legacies now? Is that is that what we're going to do? <laughs> like, we're going we're gonna to be like, all right. You- I, for, I am for players I like, for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Narrative building here from 101, guys. Um, but no, I think, I think for me, the, the difference is that when I look at what Steph Curry has done in his career, like, yeah, I think both point guards, of course, changed the game, but Steph Curry just did something that no one, and I mean, no one has been even close to do. Like this man literally changed how people legitimately played basketball. Magic Johnson, to an extent, had an impact on how the NBA changed. Like, he changed the NBA landscape. But, like, you had a player like Isaiah Thomas who came right after him, who, if I'm not mistaken, beat him in the finals, playing, like, the same type of, like, park, you know, pickup style that we all know and love today. So Magic Johnson, of course, again, he changed how the NBA looked at the game, but he didn't literally change basketball. We literally have eight-year-olds pulling up Pulling up on a fast break. I disagree with you strongly with the magic take. He was the first semi-big guy that they were like, all right, you can be tall and dribble the ball. But I I, I agree. Steph's changing was a little bit more seismic, was, but magic still changed. There's no LeBron without magic. But, but Corey, that's literally God-given. You realize the player you just named that's like Magic Johnson is somebody else who is literally gifted by God. That's not something you can work on. You literally are just blessed with that. Steph Curry shooting is something you can work on. That's why there's a billion good shooters, but none of them are as good as Steph because he nah, perfected it. That's DNA, bro. That's that's, that's that's muscle memory DNA, bro. Them, them Currys is different. Bro, they different, but it, he's not like the only good shooter. Like, we've seen Ray Allen's. We've seen Reggie Miller's. Hell, Buddy Hield is an amazing shooter. Nobody talk about him, but he hitting threes at the same clip. He just be on bad teams. But... Like, that's something that you have to work at. That's not God-given. Because first, you have to be that height, problem number one. 
How many, how many dudes six, eight that coordinated? That's literally God given. Like I can't aspire to be like, damn, I want to be six, eight and be a passer. I'm going to be the best point guard. That's it. I can't aspire to do that. But you know what I can aspire to do? I can be like, damn, I'm getting in the gym. I'm about to perfect my jumper. Point blank, period. So that's why I think Steph, because what Steph did wasn't just God given. It was literally, I'm going to bust my ass and work at this and be the absolute best at this. Like, so that's why I'm going with Steph. If he can pull this off, I'll give him top one. Um, and I'm not even a Steph Curry stand. Now, to this dynasty point, I'm going to make this quick. The Warriors do this. I say they're the third best dynasty in NBA history. Behind the Bulls and behind what I say is a dynasty for the Lakers, Corey disagrees with, and that's fine, because there was a 10-year run. We did it 2000 to 2010, where Kobe being Bryant, he has five rings, was in the final six times. So even though it was with two separate, two separate teams, whatever, Powell was one co-star, Shaq was a star on the other team. I don't care. Kobe Bryant had a run. Because even when they were, even in that run, what, they missed the playoffs once in that entire run? His first year without Shaq? Every year after that, they made the playoffs. So, DJ, are we making this about the player? Because if we're making it about the player, then we could definitely then LeBron is number LeBron one. James. Then LeBron we, is number exactly. one. If we're doing he, that. He, he will be number. He will be number one above those Bulls. To be name honest. me. Name me one player who's went, who was in every finals with LeBron James. James Jones. Ah, I hate you, bro. What do you see? What do you see? Is James Jones really who we're going with? That show doesn't even play. <laughs> oh my God. You asked the question, I gave you an bro, answer. Bro, Kobe was on the same team doing this. He didn't I don't want to hear that, bro. though. No, I'm not giving it that. Also, if, that, if that's Jones. your done, but he didn't win. Kobe has more than him. It's Kobe, does Kobe Bryant not have more than LeBron? In that 10-year, in LeBron's best run, LeBron went to the finals a lot and lost a lot. He lost more than he won, correct or incorrect. It's just the fact you no, go no, 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 no. We're talking about wins. But that's why the Bulls are that one. That is a run. Bro, and actually, and I was wrong. Kobe didn't go to the final six times in that 10-year period. He went seven times because they lost to the Pistons, they lost to the Celtics, and then he has five rings. So, again, do we are we counting just do – we, we're doing participation trophies? Yeah, don't? Yeah, Bro, yes. why are we – can we, losses, I, I hate that. Two. I hate that this became a LeBron two. thing. I didn't, we, I didn't want to make it that. Why are we punishing we somebody wanna, for getting to the finals, I didn't make it a LeBron bro. thing. You made it a LeBron D, thing. No, DJ wanted to make it a player-driven thing. He said Kobe Bean Bryant, even though there were two separate teams, you cannot be a dynasty if these are different teams. I, I would argue that because he at least had Derek Fisher. Um, and Derek Fisher started. You know, we He started on all those teams. You see this goalpost right here? Yes, you're moving, the goalposts. you're moving the goalposts. You're moving the goalposts. You're making wins not matter anymore. <laughs> winning matters. Winning matters. I'm sorry. It matters. But that's why I didn't put Kobe one. I said Jordan. Even winning though. It does matter though, Square. I know. I know. And he only won three times. So how are you putting him over anybody that, that won more than three? Oh, man. I'm going to pray for you. How you doing? That don't even make sense. I'm, I'm not saying. Pray. I'm not trying to say like, damn, Steph Curry's the best player I've Steph Curry is not, or LeBron's not in my top five. Steph Curry is now. I'm just saying, when we look at overall teams, hell, the coach was at least the same. Got like, 
So okay, so we can go Kobe there, and Fingo. That's their dynasty. Kobe and and, and Derek Fisher. I've said this already. I say <laughs> it again. Derek Fisher started. Hey. Derek Fisher was the starting point guard for every one of those rings. So again, shout out Mac Barnes. I'm cry- I'm crying driving 90 miles to whooping. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, I'm going. But yeah, I'm going Bulls, Kobe Bryant, Lakers, Warriors. If they can pull this ring off, and then I'll go Showtime as uh, my number four. I, d- I didn't get to necessarily weigh in. I'm sorry. Um, I'll definitely go with the Bulls number one. I think the the Warriors Warriors would be number two. Um, because I I still think they're not finished. Um, they have unfinished business. I still think there's room enough for them to. Maybe go grab another. I think they won this year. I think there's room for them to go get another ring. Um, just considering the youth that they have and the depth that they have. The fact that Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, and you know, we haven't seen uh, Wiseman. Ex- we still haven't seen Wiseman. Iguodala's hurt. Uh Wiggins has come on strong. They got him under contract for another year. They have more than enough time. Um, and they're they're just, you know, they're young, they're not high above the rim. Uh, type of athletes, they're just runners for real, for real. So they gonna have their legs under them for some time. So I would definitely put them second, third. I'm going with the Showtime Lakers. Forget Kobe being Bryant and uh and Phil Jackson dynasty. And that's mainly a shot at DJ. Um, I don't feel it in my heart. I know that's a, that, that's a desperate ploy. And look, that's and look, they'd be fourth square. They'd be fourth on my list. And I got a question for you. As a Wizards fan, as a fellow Wizards fan, you taking Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman and Moody for Brad Bill? No. If they throw in uh, two picks? No, I don't like this draft at all. All right, well, that's a that's a conversation for the next pod. Wow, really? I don't like outside of the top six, seven. I don't, I don't really like this draft. I'm talking about future picks, not this one. Oh, uh, future picks. I mean, it's gonna be thirty. It's gonna be like twenty-eight to thirty. I just feel like all the point. I mean, we mainly need a point guard. We we need a guy that's gonna be the guy for us here. What if you switch uh pool for Wiggins? Pool isn't a uh, point guard. I know, but he nice. That man is Bradley Bill two point oh. He's but a he nice. He nice. He though. is. He is again. We need a point. We need somebody out here that's gonna run the show. You know, Phoenix. They Phoenix was struggling finding a point guard. They went out and got Chris Paul. Cleveland, to an extent, was struggling. They finally gave the keys to uh, Darius Garland. He's out there balling. They're gonna be better. Um, D'Lo's in uh, in Minnesota right now, balling out. People, you need a point guard for real. For and if you don't need a point guard. Because Boston doesn't necessarily have a point guard. Did you just try to throw D'Angelo Russell in there? We're going to have to pause there. Time out. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. We got to deviate from our schedule on this one now. We have to stop every week. The schedule, we're going to go back to regular scheduled program in a second. We're going to pause right here. Did I break the program? No, no, yeah, you just you just ruined you just ruined everything. I'm sorry, guys. D'Angelo, What? He's played well out there in Minnesota. Has he or has he not? Granted, they do have two other stars, but that's also what I was about to get to. Russell? You don't necessarily need a point guard. Yes, D'Angelo Russell has been cooking this year. Define cooking. Define cooking. Why why are they where they were this year? All right. Because of Ed Edwards, Patrick Beverly, and Carl Anthony Towns. Anthony Edwards. 
D'Angelo Russell. Patrick hey, just, Beverly wanna, is more important than D'Angelo Russell. Wait, I just want to I just want to say something. I want I'm gonna I'm gonna read some numbers really quickly, really quickly. Okay, this is gonna be 29, 29 minutes played, ten points, two eleven shooting, nine assists, whatever. Twenty eight minutes played, eleven points, three eleven shooting, four assists. Thirty nine minutes played, twenty two points, nine for twenty one shooting, eight assists. 35 minutes. At about 9 for 21. You, you making it seem like everybody in the league shooting 60%. Bro, bro 30, 35 minutes, 10 points, 7 assists. 39 minutes, 12 points, 8 assists. 27 minutes, 7 points, 4 assists. You know who those numbers are? Those are D'Angelo Russell's numbers in the we first round against the Grizzlies. We need a that's going to run the show. We bro, don't what? have that. We don't have a Trey Young. We don't have We don't have nothing like that, bro. I didn't even look at his turnovers. We don't so. have John Morant. We don't have a point guard to run the show. That's That, that is my point. That well, the, well, the Wizards need Alonzo. That's well, what the Wizards need, the, the, like Alonzo type. Absolutely, actually. That's we got Alonzo, I would love that. The Timberwolves are actually looking into trading D'Angelo Russell right now because of how bad he played down the stretch. So Okay, that's down the stretch. We we at least got to get to the playoffs square. We ain't, no, we, we ain't sniffed the playoffs. Actually, last year. I'm talking about this year. Hey, we had Russ running the show last year. Well. And we, we saw, we've seen what happened to Russ. I think this will be a great transition for us guys. A, a hell of a transition. Hell of, let's, let's talk about young players, man. Young guys. Young guys under 25, so it's 24 and below. Who do, who do y'all have as the best player under 25 right now? Well, everybody should have Luca. We all have Luca, right? Yeah. We all have Luca, right? And you got I'm Luka. not going to lie, y'all. I'm not going to lie. So I was leaning towards Tatum. Oh my Goodness. And look, He's just trying to be out. different. He's just hear trying to be out. different. Hear me out. He don't want to be anti-black. <laughs> hear me out, guys. I said I would love to lean Tatum. And maybe this has to do with some recency bias. It, it, it definitely does. It has to. All right, all right. Let me let me finish. But I got to go Luca. I got to go Luca. Simply because I've seen him more on a consistent basis, dog. This dude doesn't shy away from any moment. And he ultimately... Just take the game to an entirely different level. Um, I think he is going to come up short in the Western Conference Final, but a supporting cast has been, you know, letting him down to an extent outside of game one because Luka didn't necessarily have the best game. But this dude, man, he just impacts the game on so many levels. And Tatum, at times, can be, you know, a little inconsistent. But when he's at the peak of his game, dog, you could go Luka, you could go Tatum. I'm not going to lie. But I would definitely give the nod to Luka. All right, well, we all gave our top 10 list. So what I think will be a good idea is everybody give their list and we're not going to say anything until after everybody give their list. Okay. All right, so who wants to start? Corey, you start us off. You want me to start? You brought right. us up. So we all had Luca 1. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming we all have Tatum 2. Do we all have Tatum 2? Okay. Number three. Don't ask his question. Yeah, just say a little. All, right, all right, all right, cool, cool, cool. I'm oh, sorry. So, Luca Tatum, Ja, Trey Young, Anthony Edwards, Brandon Ingram, LaMelo Ball, Zion Williamson, Darius Garland, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Mm. Go ahead. Ed made a noise. Let, let Ed go. Let Ed go. Ooh. <laughs> I like Shay at the end. I like Shay at the end. All right, here we go. I got Luca, Tatum, Ja, Trey, 
Anthony Edwards, LaMelo, B.I., Cade. Wow. Wow. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes. Okay, I'll just go. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll go. Um, I got Luca, Jason Tatum. Trey Young, y'all need to stop disrespecting like he would make it to no, the conference you need finals. To, you taking Trey over Ja? Trey made us at the conference finals. I hey, don't look, think did. But number four, Ja. Number five, B.I. Number six, Shea. Number seven, Ant. Number eight, Melo. Number nine, Bam Adebayo. And number 10, Jared Allen. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. So. With Jared over Evan? Bro, Jared Allen had like those it. had the Nets. Let's not forget, before the Nets blew everything up for Kyrie and KD, Jared Allen was their starting center. Jared I'm Allen sorry. was cooking. He I'm wasn't sorry. getting respected. And and the Cavaliers struggled down the stretch without Jared Allen. They yeah, have Jared Allen over Mobley as of right now. As of right honest, now. Bro. As of be right, honest. we're talking right now. And we're not talking about potential. We're talking about right now. Potential is another word for ain't a nigga who ain't did shit. Be honest, though. And we don't get to the NBA, the all NBA teams. But bro, when you think of top centers. For the next 10 years, we're still going to see Jokic. We're still going to see Embiid. We're still going to see uh, Rudy Gobert. Will we ever see uh, your boy, Jared Allen, on one of these, you know, first NBA teams or second team, third team? When, yeah. When, when, I was say, when Jared Allen got traded to the Cavaliers, did you imagine he would be an all-star? Exactly my point. So let's not discount it. It's possible. The man does... He literally does what's needed. He blocks shots. He gets dunks. Right. He rebounds the ball. Bro, you could eat. So, Jared Allen can be easily be an 18 and 12 guy and make an all-NBA team. All right. We, hey, look. I I hope nothing but the best one. I hope nothing but the best one. Pause. We're not going. He got a lot of stiff competition, though. That's fine, bro. We're not on Jared Allen. What we are on is the fact that you had Scotty Barnes, rookie yep. of the year, respected. Yep. You had Cade at, what, seven? I have K one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, I have no, he's eight. It don't matter. You had K Cunningham in the top ten? Yes. Um I have I K like K top ten. But 17, 5, and 5. It's only gonna be up from here, bro. He first of all, he started off his rookie season terrible. His team freaking sucks. Come on, bro. Be honest. His team sucks. You put him in a better situation, numbers gonna be better. He's going to be able to get downhill. You know, he's going to have a better supporting cast. He's in a tough situation putting up these numbers. But how, So how does that make him top 10 if he's not winning? Like, everybody, like... It's going to change, though, bro. LeBron was in a, a similar boat, bro. So you think they're going from... in a similar boat? So they're going to be a playoff team next year? So he and the LeBron, are they going to be a playoff team next year? I didn't necessarily say that, bro. Thank you. That's what you just so said. I, what, hey, anything is possible in the East. The East is terrible. I disagree. I think the East is all right. I think the East, East is side. terrible, bro. The East is terrible. Again, too many teams. Well, actually, this year was a little, a, a lot closer. This year actually was, but last year we had teams under five hundred making the free, making the playoffs. East is good, bro. Look, if we this is this is for a whole nother conversation. But what I really want to talk about, I I disagree with K. K's really good. I like K, but he's not top ten yet, especially if we're doing kind of like right now, not right like now. building your okay. team. But I really, really. I had a guy on my list that neither of y'all did. We got to talk about Zion Williamson, man. 
as a as a pudgy guy myself, I have a little uh, soft spot for Zion because when that boy play, he's super tough. And I think the Pelicans are a team to watch. Bi Zion, CJ McCollum, Herb Jones. I think they could really might they might win a playoff series. And I think let's go to Zion's numbers when he played. He averaged twenty seven and seven on sixty one percent shooting from the floor, like. Hey, Corey, did you hear yourself? When he plays, when he plays, this dude is always. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to give up on him yet. I don't want to give up on him yet. That's like us saying, Greg, oh, <laughs> if, if we were to do this list. He's, he's played more games than Greg years ago. He played way just, more games. He's played 61 games. I'm just saying, it, but when Greg Odin was playing, was he not effective on the court? I he think wasn't like, Zion. Zion is an all-star. It's just availability. He's not available. So. If we're gonna he's say which player bro. is gonna <laughs> dominate the most the next decade, if he's not, if he's misses the half the decade, how are we gonna say this guy? But I think, I think this is God, this is the, this. I'm an optimist. I think he could have a Joel and B type career. Okay, trust the process. You can trust that. That's the process. I'm sorry. I want to trust it. I want to trust it so much. Joel and B wasn't struggling with his weight. Joel Embiid was just trying to get healthy. I, 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 he was. You remember he was eating Chick-fil-A all the time. He had to cut the Chick-fil-A <laughs> out. He had bro. to cut the chick. He wasn't not, Zion. That's Zion level. That's Zion. Bro, level. bro Zion was level. Zion was built like a Baptist preacher, bro. Come on, bro. This man called him a Baptist preacher. Come on, bro. That boy Zion was at after what? You know, after church when they doing they do the fellowship, Zion wasn't missing none of them. He was there from beginning of the fellowship to end. Saying bye to all the congregation members. They all love <laughs> Pastor Zion, bro. Bro, like, that's the thing about Zion. I can't put him on my list because, like Ed said, availability matters. Like, you look at Luca, you look at Jason Tatum, you look at Trey and Ja. I think those four were consistent with all of our lists. All of those guys are there. All of those guys have gotten their teams to the playoffs. All of those guys have won a playoff series already. Zion team made it to the playoffs without him. Hell, they damn near made it to the playoffs in spite of him. In spite of all the nonsense and all the rumors. Zion saying, oh, his family, y'all, he's not ready to play, and then dropped a video of him doing a 360. So, I don't know. And, and that's obviously a reason that Brandon Ingram is so high on my list, because Brandon Ingram, being the best player on the Pelicans, you know, even though this is if you look, if you have a revisionist mindset and you don't think the Suns are that good because Luka took the boys out, but Brandon Ingram took them to the brink. Like, so I, I just think, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I just can't, because I am, can't do it. Can't do it. I don't know which one is more egregious, honestly. Actually, Kate Cunningham is more egregious than Zion. All right. And Zion's an all-star. I want to talk about your dude, Bam Adebayo. We can. Uh, I like Bam, but I'm not going to lie, Square. Anytime he's battling with another, you know, athletic or, you know, somebody that's going to rough him up, Bam sort of disappears, bro. We're clearly seeing that right now in this series. And we sort of saw it last series against the Sixers to an extent as well, where he was, you know, settling for freaking jump shots the entire time instead of being aggressive, going to the paint, banging with people. So that's my problem with Bam. Like, I think he's going to have a solid career. I just don't see him dominating the next decade just because I feel like people are going to be privy to his game. You know, you give him a, a tough shoulder, you give him a check, you know, he 
he he might you know deviate or you know defer from the from the ball a little bit. And can I ask you something? You can ask me multiple questions. How many bigs are doing that? So you named Joel Embiid, who I think we all can agree is either the best or second best center. You can put him at one or two; it don't matter. He's a top two center in the NBA, correct or incorrect? Then he's going against a thirty-five year old Al Horford, who is coming from a league that Bam Adebayo is obviously not built for, correct or incorrect? Al Horford soft as cotton, fool. Like, what are you talking about? Are you Bro. serious? The same Al Horford that was just going at probably the most physically opposing player in the NBA and Giannis Antetokounmpo? That Al Horford? Yes, him. Come on, bro. Come on. What was Giannis doing to him? Giannis was actually actually doing it. Al Horford was out there banging with uh, Giannis. He wasn't banging. He was getting dunked on, stepped on. He was doing everything. Bro, he finally, finally, you know, he did dunk on Giannis. He did get some payback. But bro, come on, bro. We that's the only reason, bro. That's the that. only reason they stood a chance against Giannis was because of Al Horford. We not, bro. Come on now, come on now. Bam, he wants to bully and body up on on Al Horford, but when he see Robert Williams, he already know what's up. He see Jared Allen, he know what's up. Like, come on, man, get that out of bro, here, bro. But there's not that many centers in today's NBA that are legitimately doing that. There's not. So Bam but my is point is, he only is going to do that. When he sees a freaking t- uh, Zach Collins or you know somebody else that's small, like come he on, did, he did it to Clint Capella. My only problem with Bam is I love Bam, I love his game. I just think his game right now is like built for a secondary type role. Like he doesn't, his game doesn't give. I can be the best, or even, I mean, he's theoretically the second best player on a championship type team, but like. I think Bam has the potential to also be like a go-to like scoring option, but he just like Ant says he like he dribbles to get into a mid-range shot or to get into a dribble handoff. He doesn't dribble to get to the basket. Like even when he gets switches, he doesn't look to post up and like dominate. He looks to like shoot a fadeaway jumper. So that's my thing with Bam. I love Bam. I love him on defense. I think he's amazing. I thought he could have won defensive player of the year, but like I need more from what he did. What was that game three? Where he game scored thirty one. I need that where he's just aggressive looking to score. He don't play like that. He wanted to dribble handoffs all day and like stop doing that. And even in that game, that game three, when Jimmy went down, um, or he just wasn't in the game, Ben was still looking to like do dribble handoffs as opposed to turn and face up. And it was a shot late in the late in the game that he had, like, made, like, double clutch contested. And I'm like, bro, that sh- you had that shot well before the shot clock even wound down. Why are you not looking to score? So, again, y'all would definitely like to see him be um, a little bit more aggressive. Um, and hopefully, you know, he'll end up on one of these all-NBA teams. And we actually had our all-NBA teams come out yesterday. Or was it today? Uh, yesterday. Yesterday. Come out yesterday. And, um... On the, you know, All-NBA first team, we had Giannis, Antetokounmpo, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Nikola Jokic, and Luka Doncic. Second team, we had John Morant, Kevin Durant. Uh, that actually rhymes. DeRozan, um, Joel Embiid, Steph Curry. And then on the third team, we had the O'Heads, CP and LeBron. Then we had Siakam, Trey Young, and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I'm not going to lie. I, I just had one problem with, you know, one of the teams. But did you guys, you know, have any problems with any of the teams? Did you guys feel as though 
anybody was snubbed from making one of these teams. Oh, of course. Joel and B. I'm sorry. Yep. Like, I, I respect, of course, we, we have basketball where they want to do, like, three frontcourt players and two backcourt players uh, and two backcourt players. But, like, that's dirty work. Y'all, y'all, y'all literally left Joel off the first team for Tatum. Like, I, and granted, I'm not going to say Jason Tatum wasn't cooking this year, but when you line up the other three backcourt players, or frontcourt players, excuse me, other three frontcourt players, they all were MVP finalists, Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. So how did we realistically leave Joel Embiid off of the first team? And then another snub that I thought was is worthy to talk about, I love the Devin Booker. Oh, and this could be the revisionist in me. I don't think Devin Booker should have been first team. I thought he should have been second. No, absolutely not. You can argue he's not even the best player on this team. And, and, and to Corey's point, Steph Curry deserved the first team not over him. Even, even if exactly, even if you look me in my eyes and tell I me, think deserve, I think Steph definitely deserved it. I think also this, just looking at this year for Steph Curry, you know, it's supposed to be a bounce back year for you know the Warriors and Steph Curry. Um, and I thought you know they handled it appropriately. Um, Steph going out there, you know, making the Warriors look like, you know, Warriors of the past and ultimately got them, you know, third in the uh, the West. But this is the the team that we've been, you know, waiting one to see for the last two years. They've, you know, struggled with injuries. And for them to bounce back the way that they did um, was definitely impressive. And also, my whole thing with the uh, the teams, I think they just need to make it like positionless to an extent. Um, I understand they want to have three front court players and three backcourt, but you should also be allowed to at least have like two centers if, you know, those centers are um, fit for, you know, the first team or the, the second team. Um, or even if there was a, a point where we had, you know, three forwards, make it um, in, in that, you know, facet. Um, so I, I like the, the, the format. I just would have liked to see if we could have, you know, two centers you know, be on the team or, you know, three forwards. No, switch it up. It doesn't necessarily have to be two forwards and a center. Just make it, you know, broad and generic. Three front court, three two back court type of thing. Yeah, I agree. I think, like, I'm glad that I think they got the right 15 players for the award. But I don't I think the list was kind of messed up. Like, I don't know where I will put DeMar DeRozan. But, like, he was, like, essentially what that means, was DeMar DeRozan a top 10 player in the league this year? Like, he was really good, but the Bulls fall off. Maybe it was because, like, the fall off was, like, more recent in my memory. But, like, that fall off was crazy for the Bulls. So, like, that's why I kind of don't know where to put them. Like, I would have definitely had Embiid uh, first team. I don't know about D-Book first team. Uh so that's kind of my biggest gripe. So they got the right 15 people for sure. Like, I don't think anybody who's not on that list of 15 has, like, a legitimate argument to get in it. Like, I feel like the next closest person is probably with, like, B.I. to get into the All-NBA teams, Jimmy Butler type, but they all missed endless games. So it's just like, like Ant said, I agree with, like, they got to find some where it's, like, All-NBA teams is the top 15 players from the league that year and not the top three centers, the top 
like six guards in the top, like whatever fours. They just need to be like, all right, this is the best five. This is the second best five. And then this is the best, third best five, especially because it's so much money caught up in these contracts based off the all NBA teams. Like this is one of the years where it didn't really matter too much, but like Bradley Beal, I think he made up the money by now because he made one, but there's been like a lot of players who haven't been able to get like 30 extra million dollars because they haven't made an all NBA team. So they got to figure out how to like Goran Dragic made it over John Wall. That's the biggest travesty I've ever seen in my life. That is racism. John Wall averaged 20 and 10. Goran Dragic averaged 16 and 6 for a Suns team. I don't even think they made the playoffs. Like, I don't know what it is with Phoenix and these white point guards getting overhyped. I'm sorry, I went on a little rant there, but this all NBA team, it wasn't terrible, but Joel Embiid should have been first team for sure. And also, just looking at the makeup of it, we'll only ever see three centers make these teams, which isn't necessarily fair. Just saying. I would love to see Jared Allen, third team. And look, we ain't going to see Oh, over who? It's only three centers that can, you know, be on these lists. No, I'm saying I'm saying in a, in a perfect world. If- oh, in the future. I was yeah. going to say, because these three are locked up for the next five years. Yeah, it's going to be these three for the next five years. Rudy Gobert might slip in over Cat. That might be it. Hey, watch out. Rudy Gobert on the Mavericks next year. Look out for that. Look out for it. Oh, goodness. Ah, we talked about a lot of NBA. Can we talk about the W? Please. Yes, sir. Because, man, I, I, I feel, Corey, we talked about this a lot, and, and I've mentioned it to you. I really hope, I'm praying I get a ring. Like, because the Mystics right now, six and two, looking tough. Shakir Austin, cooking. Elena, when she plays, is actually looking like Elena. Um, the team's chemistry is rounding out. Ariel Axis doing what she got to do. It's feeling, it's feeling real 2019-ish, bro. I'm, I'm like, we're, we're locking players up. Last night. The Mystics beat the Atlanta Dream and uh, Ryan Howard, who was also a rookie, who has been cooking everybody, including the Mystics, had a big goose egg and played 29 minutes. Was leading the WNBA in scoring before he last night. I know me. Zero points. So, I mean, so far, like, what, what WNBA teams do y'all have as, like, your, your like, favorites to, to win it all? This or just on, on the early tip. Uh, favorites to win it. Right now, I mean, obviously, you got to include the Aces. Um, they just – they're just so freaking deep, dog. The fact they still have Kelsey Plum coming off the bench. Um, they got six women of the year in uh, D'Erica Ambie, uh, Ambry. Um, she's starting now, though. She's starting now. Oh, she's starting now? Yeah, because they let uh, – when Liz, when Liz left, it's, it's her and Aza now. Yeah. yeah, well, it's just it's just too hard to uh, to overlook that team. Um, I definitely still like the the sky. Um, I haven't really watched the sun, but I know they're uh, second right now in the Eastern Conference. And actually, the Mystics got a game up against them um, coming up um, on Saturday. Um, but yeah, right now I'll probably lean Aces, Sky, and I see the the, the sun up there. So I'm definitely not gonna um, not acknowledge them. Yeah, so, I mean, other than the Mystics, of course, I am a little biased. I think the Mystics have, I would say, the best blend of offense and defense in the WNBA right now. 
Um, the aces are all offense right now. They just shooting a bunch of threes and really not missing them. Um, Asia Wilson's good on defense, but she's like more of like a good shot blocker. Um, at this point, um, the sky kind of came in and beat us uh, last Sunday, but I'm not really too worried about them. I think that was more so of a like our coach messing with his rotations more so than the sky being better than us. Um, we won't see Candace Parker getting like bullying our players. Like I think we'll just be like, all right, we're gonna put Shakira Austin, Elizabeth Williams on Candace Parker at all times. So not too worried about the sky. Um, the team I'm really worried about, other than the Aces, is the Connecticut Sun. Uh, we struggle with bigs who um can spread the floor and are like big. So like Jonquel Jones is going to eat. She's the like best inside out player. Um. In the league right now, reigning MVP, got her own State Farm commercial, killing it right now. So I'm afraid of the Connecticut Sun. Going to definitely be tuned in Friday night to kind of see um, how we match up with them. And I'm still a little bit worried about – I see some deficiencies on defense that other teams haven't been able to exploit um, with the Mystics quite yet. So I'm a little worried about that later in the season and into the playoffs. But I'm really excited about this WNBA season. I think this is going to be kind of one of the bigger WNBA seasons just in this whole in terms of like TV revenue, like people actually going to see the game. So I think it's a big year for the WNBA for sure. Yeah. Um, there's one team y'all haven't mentioned that I think scares me a little bit, and it only is because they have a stockpile of talent that I don't think their coaches utilize correctly. And that is the Dallas Wings. Now, the Dallas Wings beat the Mystics last week, two weeks ago, whatever. And the thing about it is the team, they cut Mariah Jefferson, who went to the Minnesota and has been cooking. And a lot of people are confused on why they cut her. They cut her so Enrique um, Okuwale, I can't pronounce her name correctly. I'm sorry, Enrique, if you ever listen to this. Um, but they cut her. They cut Mariah Jefferson so that Enrique could have the ball in her hands. And that has paid dividends, where Enrique has been lighting up the WNBA right now. Like, every night, Look at her. She had a 20-point half um, a couple nights ago. They still have Charlie Collier, who they drafted first overall last year. They haven't played. Um, they got a lot of bigs on that team, a lot of depth. And I think they're the one team <clears throat> that when they played the Mystics, it was almost like they had their way with our defense. And it wasn't because of what Coach C was doing defensively, coach-wise. It was that team, offensively, we couldn't get a stop. And it was nothing we could do. And I think that's something Corey is kind of alluding to. Um, is when you play a guard like Enrique, we have a couple of problems. Granted, we didn't have Nasasha Cloud that night, and we came back and were able to, to get a win back against them in Dallas, but I think that Dallas Wings team is a very, very, very quiet dark horse that is going to shock a lot of people in the playoffs. Don't forget, they made the playoffs last year, too. So, um, definitely a dark horse, in my opinion. But, um, Ant, this is your time to shine. Aside from your Chris Paul slander. Oh man, oh man, oh man. Uh I'm gonna meet myself and let you take it over. Yes, sir. So DJ and Corey, um, they're not really big boxing fans. So when there's a big fight um coming up, I will definitely, you know, weigh in on um on what the fight is and give my prediction. Um and this weekend we have Gervonta Tank Davis fighting Roly Romero. Um, and it's been a lot of built up, you know, animosity between these two, uh, these two fighters, um, Tank and Roley, both under Mayweather promotions. I think that's really where 
um, some of the beef began. Um, but Tank is definitely, you know, about to take command of his own um, career and, you know, leave Mayweather promotion. So this is going to be his last fight, um, fighting under the Mayweather and uh, Leonard Ellaby um, umbrella. Um, but heading into the fight, I'm not going to lie. Um, I definitely have Tank, you know, knocking Roly Romero out. I hope you guys definitely tune into it. I think it is going to be a good of a show just because Roly, and much like any boxer, they, he has a puncher's chance. Roly definitely has a lot of power. He's definitely super awkward. And you necessarily can't prepare for awkward fighters. Um, so um, I think that's literally the only advantage um, Roly has, just, you know, his awkward style and the fact that he has some power. But um, what I saw out of Javante Tank Davis last fight, the fact that, you know, he messed up his left hand, couldn't really throw it as much. He really utilized his boxing ability. And I think, you know, having boxing ability, IQ, and skills is definitely going to pay off for him um, in the long run. I definitely just thought he was a knockout, knockout artist. Um, but, you know, he showcased um, more to, you know, his game. And that's, ex that's exactly uh, some of the things that I wanted to see out of Tank. And I think, you know, he's going to be able to utilize that uh, this Saturday when he steps in the ring against Roly Romero. Um, again, I'm predicting a seven or eight round knockout. We're definitely going to fact check it, fact check it uh, on the next pod. Um, but I think he gets him out of there and he ultimately goes on to fight, uh, hopefully a Devin Haney or, you know, somebody of that, uh, that fast. I definitely want to see this kid go on just to, you know, try to get a undisputed at some weight class. But um, I hope you guys definitely tune into it. Are you guys familiar with Javante Tank Davis? Because if you're not, yeah, I know, I know, I'm going to be very upset. I know. That's a dude whose baby mama pulled up to the press conference. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you know? No, nah, I know Tank. He was messing with Ari, too. I know well, Tank. Hey, look, right, just, hey, look, just making sure, Wait, man. I know, all the, all all know who he is. And do y'all know who Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford are? That's that's the last question. Yeah, I know them. Yeah. All right, just making sure. Those are my favorite fighters. You know, if Canelo's fighting, I'm definitely going to mention him. But if those two are fighting, just know it's about to go down. But that's pretty much going to uh, do it for us today on um, today's episode. We definitely have the Miami Heat and Celtics squaring off in 15 minutes um, from the conclusion of this. So if you guys have any last remarks, go away. And I see DJ. You itching for it, bro? No, I'm, 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 I'm good, man. There's only one boxer I acknowledge. Um, what's that man's name? He was. I just remember he the can man. Um, oh, Adrian Broner. Yeah, Adrian Broner is my favorite boxer. Yeah, he said Mexican <laughs> African. Yeah, Adrian Broner is my favorite boxer. That's the only boxer I, I, uh, I acknowledge. Um, but nah, on a serious tip, um, yeah, people, uh, you know, if you have loved ones, man, tell, tell your people you love them, all that good stuff. We see in this world, the world's crazy right now. Um, but yeah, aside from that, that's all I really got. Um, Corey, what you, what you, what you going on? Uh, well, it is the Wednesday before Memorial Day weekend. I want to tell all of our listeners, have a great, have a fun, extended uh, holiday weekend. This is kind of the first weekend of, of summer, it kind of feels like. For people, and this is where um, I was in my hoochie daddy shorts last weekend. You great. Oh, I'm okay, unofficial start of summer, and this is when Negroes start to act up outside. 
So please, everybody, be safe. Um, love your family, like David said. Enjoy yourselves and keep listening to the podcast, man. All right, y'all. Yeah.